cake just is that completely unnecessary food item that we don't need. So having it feels like a special occasion. And I think cake is always affiliated with those beautiful memories we have growing up around birthdays, around families. It just is such a warm and fuzzy little item. It is always a good day to speak about cake, but today is an especially good day because our guest is Alicia Henderson. Alicia is Sweet Bakes. She has founded Co-Bake Space. She is all about bringing joy through beautiful creations. Alicia, welcome to Dirty Linen. Ah, that was beautiful intro. Thank you, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I don't know. I, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I feel like whenever I connect with you, I come away feeling just that little bit happier, <laughs> a little bit of oh, sugar, oh my sugary gosh, sprinkle. Um, so, yeah, I know this is going to be a beautiful chat. And, um, yeah, thanks for making the time because I know you got it all going on. No, thank you. It's because I'm plying you with sugar every time I see you. That's why you come away a little <laughs> it bit. It could after. be partly that. The blood sugar is high. <laughs> um, let's start with what you have just launched now, um, Cobake Space, tell us all about it. Sure. Yes. So, Cobake Space has just uh, been launched into the world, which is a project that I have co-founded with Alice Bennett, who is a fellow baker. She has a business called Miss Trixie Drinks Tea. Um, and so, basically, we have come together to join forces to create a co-working environment for our baking businesses. So, we stumbled upon this spot in, in Richmond on Swan Street that already had a pre-installed commercial kitchen bakery set up that really sort of fit the brief for our baking businesses. But on the front end of that premises was an old retail bakery. Uh, and for us, we have never really wanted to dip our toe into retail. I have so much respect for anyone who can put up a full cabinet of cake treats every single day. That is just such tough work, but not something that we wanted to do. Um, but yeah, we saw the opportunity to turn that retail frontage into something that not only benefited our businesses and our communities, but something that other people could come in and use as well. So, the co-bake space essentially as a separate entity to us is an event venue where we invite people to rent the space, to put their own baking out, to put their own homewares out, basically anything that uh, can be placed into a beautiful space is, is what we've created that for. Yeah, it's really interesting because I guess, you know, especially through COVID, there are a lot of people who turned, you know, their baking hustles into a business, you know, often based on delivery. Uh, but it feels like you've you've sort of taken that next step but also plugged a gap for creatives who want to do their thing um, but perhaps aren't, you know, aren't, aren't for enough, you know, far enough along the track to rent their own space. Like what is the yeah, gap? Yeah. What's the gap you're filling? Yeah, well, that's how we're thinking of it as well. I mean, we are really fortunate that both of our businesses are extremely busy. Like we have, we are so under the pump every day with cake, which we're extremely grateful for. But even so, being that busy, the viability of having a space by yourself just, it doesn't really feel possible for a lot of baking businesses. Uh, it's just, it's pretty hard. So, sharing the space for us helps us out. But then, yeah, giving that opportunity to people who won't ever be busy enough or perhaps don't want to be big enough to have their own bricks and mortar shop. This kind of bridges that gap for people. Um, and like, and there's not really a lot of 
spaces, I don't even think in Melbourne or Salome, but in the country where we've done the fit out for you. If you go to a market stall or any of those sort of events, you're still expected to merchandise what it would be that you would set up. And that's really expensive. So we've decided to do that for people. So all they have to do is just bring in their creations and place it in a beautiful spot and then start selling and connecting with with their customers. So we do really feel like that's a unique experience for a lot of people and it's sort of returning back to uh, old school shopping, I suppose. Everyone's sick of shopping online. It's nice to have something that feels a bit special and, and in person. I think also that idea of connection is so important. I think, you know, a lot of sole operators, it can be quite isolating. I think cake is so much about connecting, but you think about those clever bakers that are toiling away in their own kitchen or in a borrowed space somewhere they've, where they've got a corner in someone else's space. Like it can be quite lonely, I reckon. Oh, definitely. I would say that most people who are in the cake world are working by themselves. I've only just taken on uh, staff this year and it's my 10th year in business. So I certainly know what it feels like to be isolated in a kitchen. So yeah, having that opportunity to meet face-to-face with your audience is, yeah, is really beautiful. And I suppose serve in a different format too. For me, people have only been able to order through me if they were ordering whole cakes and that's quite an expensive thing and for a special occasion. Now having this space, it's quite flexible. I can serve things by the slice um, and just invite a a different audience in who maybe don't have an occasion or the budget to spend something larger, they can just pop down for a piece of cake, which is yeah, a lovely thing. Mm. So, Alicia, tell us about the business that you've built CoBake on top of. Like, yeah, what is Sweet Bakes all about? Sweet Bakes, as the name suggests, is all about baking sweet things. And I also giggle when I think about the name of the business because it screams 19-year-old who uh, started a company and didn't realise what she was doing. It's very literal. (laughs) Uh, So, Sweet Bakes has looked, I mean, a number of different ways over the last decade for me. Originally, I was on the plight to create the best wedding cakes the country I'd ever seen and I felt like I really gave that a good crack of doing the weddings and event industry for a long time until I got the sense that I was going to burn myself out uh, doing that line of work. So, since then, I've had a number of different ways that I've, I've um, brought cake to my audience. I had um, a very amazing time during COVID. I know a lot of people didn't, but as a business, I suppose that I did with uh, my concept called Cake Mail Club, which was a box of cake that uh, bi-monthly, I would create these different themed boxes of cake treats and slices and they would ship across the country, which I know for a lot of people that sounds bizarre to put cake in the mail, but these are all shelf-stable uh, goods that got shipped out over night to people who were stuck in their homes and it sort of took on a bit of a life a life of its own really and I really enjoyed the creative process of coming up with different sometimes silly sometimes very silly themes I think I did a a free Britney Spears themed box (laughs) one time that uh, people love I've done a Kath and Kim themed one and then some more respectable themes like European summer is one that I'm currently working on so that uh, that club actually still runs today because people people love that so they can opt in to subscribe to the club or just join us monthly as they feel the need to uh, crave cake so that has been a bit of a backbone for me for the last few years I have this year moved into a daily delivery cake model. I sort of thought about it at my previous kitchen. I was in Kilsyth, which was quite far away from where I live and a bit hard for my business model to thrive, I suppose, because I wanted to people to have cake every single day of the week and I just couldn't get couriers to come out there 
as frequently as I needed them to. So moving to Richmond, I was able to bring that daily delivery model up and running. And it's, uh, yeah, been launched into the world this year and has started to, to take off, which is very exciting. I think that I want people to think about cake Instead of sending a bunch of flowers or a, or a gift, I think sending a little cake out with an appropriate message is, is really what I'm trying to get people to think about. Yeah, I love thinking about that. And Alicia, what, how would you describe your style as a cake creator? Mm-hmm. I think it's always very, very playful. Um, I do a lot of hand painting on my cakes. I suppose that's probably what is unique about my business. A lot of it is illustrated or hand painted cakes. Um, so you're keeping it very fun and pretty and playful and never, ever, ever taking it too seriously, I think is always the objective. I've just put a cake up online last week where I painted a, a prawn onto a cake and the message said, you're shrimply the best. And I find that hilarious. So I'm like, that's <laughs> that's the style of cake that we're going with. Do you, you know, thinking back to the wedding cake days, which, you know, there is a lot riding on those cakes. Like, do you, is there, are you able to be a lot more playful these days? Yeah. And I, I think that doing the wedding cakes makes me realize I was trying to be taken seriously, I suppose, as someone who was very young and trying to gain respect in the industry. I'm like, okay, well, the way to do that will be making my cakes look very simple and serious. And maybe people think that I'm older than I am because I don't know who was trusting a 20-year-old to make a wedding cake, but thank you to the people that did. Uh, So, now that I'm more confident in myself and I've got more experience, I'm like, no, no, that's not actually who you are. Just let the cakes reflect, reflect you. And that's, yeah, not taking anything too seriously, that's for sure. And Alicia, let's talk about how you got into this all in the first place. Um, give us give us a bit of backstory. The backstory is I wanted to be you originally. I was actually at uni studying a journalism degree, which I'm far removed from now. Um, definitely covered in a bit more flower these days. So, no, I just was uh, studying and popping photos onto a platform that was relatively new at that time called Instagram. And obviously that platform responds very well to pretty imagery and a lot of food and creative businesses really started to take off on there and I was fortunate enough to be one of those people. So, gradually I got the courage up to tell the parents that, sorry, we're going to take a little deferral from uni and see where this cake journey takes me and I still haven't gone back. I think they've forgiven me for that but, yeah, I've I've just always felt like just follow the momentum and when you get sick of it, either change gears about how Sweet Bakes looks or that's okay if you want to start something new, but I'm still as still as passionate as ever about it. So, still here. <laughs> I think one of the things that I always hear from people who are creating cakes, and I think a lot of creatives, is just explaining the price to people. A lot of people think, you know, I can bake, um, you know, but even though they want to order a cake and not do it themselves, they find it difficult to pay the real cost um, the real cost of this, you know, the work that's gone into it. What's, what's that like for you? I think that I've come to terms now more with the fact that people who will question the pricing probably aren't your people anyway. And that's okay for me. I dare say anyone who has attempted to make a elaborately decorated cake are the people that then, uh, order from you because they realize how hard that may be. Um, I've really enjoyed inviting people to see the behind the scenes of what it is they do. So, they do grasp just the amount of 
effort that goes into into each thing. So I do spend a lot of time intentionally sharing behind the scenes of my day to day. So people, yeah, I think can really justify the price of those things in in their mind. I will say though, I I'm very aware of I suppose what's going on around me far removed from the kitchen. I try to be respectful of the economy or just maybe if people are holding on to their pennies a little bit tighter and not to cut, undercut myself ever, but to give people options that will maybe be a bit more sensitive to what is going on out there too. So like those mini cakes, I suppose now people don't have to spend $300 to access a product from me. There's things that start from, you know, $55, $60. It's a little bit more in, in tune with with budgeting. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I mean, do you feel like that's something that you're seeing across the cake world? I I think it's catching on. Absolutely. It is a bit of a trend and I would hope that it would be. I'm, it does make it harder, obviously, because you you have to produce more volume, which is where I'm currently at. I've got a business that needs to be extremely busy to be more profitable. So for me, that's something that I'm thinking about. I don't necessarily encourage that from other cake businesses. If doing a specialty product and just a few of them a week is what they're inclined to do, then that absolutely works. But for me, it's about accessing more people at, at, at a lower price point at the moment. And what what about the balance between beauty, creativity and flavour, like the actual cake? Like what's yeah. your feeling about that? I have very strong feelings that cake has to taste as good as it looks, of course. And I find it so funny that I have I think transformed a lot of people's opinions that they don't like cake into, oh, this cake is pretty good. So there must be some bad cakes floating about out there. I think I'm going to have to blame Woolies for the mud cake there for uh, tarnishing the reputation of all cake. But I I think that I like to find my groove in – I will never say that my cakes are extremely fancy. I don't profess to be a pastry chef. I'm completely self-taught in what I do and you're not going to see me scouring the globe for – rare ingredients to put in my cakes. That's just a level that I won't (laughs) go to. But at the same time, I do take a lot of pride of what is in the layers of my cakes. And I think my brain, because I'm such a a food foodie person, I'm inspired by a lot of other chefs and other industries for what I'm putting in my cake. But it's it's gotta taste good. I just think that's so silly when you just look at something and that's you might as well get an art sculpture if you don't if you're not gonna eat it and enjoy it. So no, the the insides have to be just as delicious. Well I reckon wedding cakes um are a little bit responsible for that as well. The where- fruit cake. The fruit cake ruined a lot for people and the marzipan. Yes, that's that's true. I don't think I've ever made a fruit cake and I refuse to. So we've got a, a lot of undoing, I think. I, I, I would say that I don't think that there's any uh, fruitcakes floating around now. I think there's a lot of people taking taking the insides of cakes very seriously. Yeah, as in, as indeed they should. Um, so what about, like, you know, <laughs> I love the shrimp. Um, where do your ideas come from? Are you, a, are you sort of a kind of pop culture sponge? Are you always, um, are, do puns come to you while you're driving down Punt Road? Puns come to me quite naturally and I think that my dad would like to take credit for that because his uh, steady stream of dad jokes I'm sure have inspired a few cake designs. I think that I look mostly outside of my own industry for inspiration. Really a lot of, of art and illustration and pattern and design is what ends up in my cakes on the on the outside. Um yeah, and I think just thinking about with the puns and the messaging, it's about, okay, what occasion will people be inclined to order a cake for and then working backwards from there. Mm. And, you know, I'm not I'm a sort of mini campaign to get people 
ordering desserts more in restaurants. Um, Great. Yes, it's a neglected part of the menu. You're absolutely right. I feel like people almost take it as a point of pride to say that they won't have dessert, whereas I think the pride is in ordering all the desserts. Um, I knew I liked you. See, that's what we want. (laughs) I mean, as someone who is also a fan of the sweet side of life, I mean, what do you, how do you sort of balance that? I don't know, diet culture, um, no sugar is evil, um, all that all that side of things um, with, you know, the, the joy of, of cake and dessert. I think that it, that is exactly what it is though. I'm like, it's not meant to fulfill your daily food pyramid, even though I don't actually think that food pyramid is correct, let's be honest, but I, that's what it's there for. It's meant to be an indulgence, a joy. I see that more as a part of your self-care routine, inviting something into your day that is just going to be there just to make you happy. It doesn't have to have any other purpose than that. Yeah, actually, it's so true. There's a there's a dietitian that I follow called Emma Beckett, who is so sensible and is very big on the fact that, you know, food doesn't have to, yeah, fit into any kind of, any kind of t- pyramid or chart or paradigm. It can just be something that, you, yeah. It's an activity. <laughs> An experience. That's it. I think that when we yeah do talk about things, going and dining out or going and eating a cake, it, you just can't think about it in in the lens of yeah what what nutrients am I absorbing from this meal? I think also just to appreciate, there's so many amazing skills in patisserie, um, and you know whether it's appreciating the hand painted um, decorations on your cakes or you know the layers of pastry in a beautiful classic dessert. I think um, yeah, there is. There is so many different ways to appreciate these things. Absolutely. It is a cake particularly is a funny one that sort of has takes a variety of schools that pull from many different industries. There are some days where I feel like I'm being an architect or the way that I'm like building something I'm like this is <laughs> defies the laws of food at times when you're stacking up big cakes. So certainly drawing inspiration from from many industries, a lot of skills needed. And, yeah, and speaking of those other industries, one thing that I loved about um, about Kobeck Space when I came to the launch was meeting Ria, who runs Traxi, which is a specialist cake delivery service. Can you talk about, you know, about what she does and about the importance of people that help bring these things to life and yeah. into the world? Yeah, so Ria's business, Atraxi, we are using her every single day. Um, we found it really hard prior to COVID to have our cakes delivered and transported because they are so fragile and it really does take someone who cares about what it is that you do. So Ria has bridged that gap for so many food-based businesses. But it's not just cake. There's a lot of people who do like charcuterie boards and grazing platters and all those types of things that are quite fragile or require refrigeration in, in the car. So she will um, have her fleet of drivers come and pick up whatever it is that we've made that day and take them to the clients which is just she's so fabulous we are so lucky to have her I was doing most of the deliveries by myself because I just got to a point where I didn't trust couriers anymore so I was trying to manage physically baking the cakes being in the kitchen and then running out on these massive delivery routes so she is a lifesaver that is for sure yeah and it also seems like it's a lot of there's a lot of women in cake um or yeah is it I mean are your customers mostly women as well I think they, they definitely are. I had a look at my analytics on my social media the other day and it was like 97% women. I was like, oh, yep, that checks out. That does make sense. So there definitely is predominantly predominantly women, which I love, but also I just I want more men to follow the cake businesses because it's generally the women who want 
the cakes to be ordered for them. So I'm going to try to work out how I can access that uh, crowd. I haven't yet, but I think we need to encourage more men to uh, order cakes for their partners. So, Alicia, let's finish with the real cake truths. What is it about getting a cake, whether it's delivered or someone surprises you at a party, whatever it is, what is it about cake that makes people feel so good? Apart from the obvious sugar high, I think it is because cake just is that completely unnecessary food item that we don't need. So having it feels like a special occasion. And I think cake is always affiliated with those beautiful memories we have growing up around birthdays, around families. It just is such a warm and fuzzy little item. So I think it's, yeah, very nostalgic. As soon as you see a cake, you know that we're either celebrating um, something. So yeah, it's just, it's, it, it's more than the actual cake itself. It's all of the memories that are affiliated with that item. Beautiful. Well, you've certainly inspired me to have even more cake in my life. Um, I know. I'm like, hmm, what if I got baking in the oven right now? I might have to uh, save a little off cut for me when I get back in. <laughs> Just went <me> hungry. <laughs> it's a hard part of the job, taste testing, you know. Someone has to do it. <laughs> what is in the oven, actually? Um, I have – I've actually got a wedding cake for my friends this week that I'm working on. They're going to do a tiramisu-flavoured cake and then we've got – I think I've got 80 cakes on the go today. We've got uh, white chocolate raspberry. We've got Nutella cakes. I'm going to pop some salted caramel, just very classic, classic flavours for the rest of the week. Love it. Well, thanks so much for talking us through it. You better run back to that oven um, and, yeah, I'll catch up with you soon. (laughs) Treat myself to afternoon tea. I think you're right. Awesome. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, Danny. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This